We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Over the past few months, we've been talking with Jocelyn Larson as she has been dealing with diagnosis and treatment for breast cancer. She's been very open about what she's been going through. We asked her if she'd be willing to share the experience with us and you. It's her belief and ours that what she has to say and how she feels would be helpful to other cancer patients, their families, and their loved ones. She joins me in studio. We know Jocelyn's story because her husband, John, is operations manager here at St. Louis Public Radio. He is also with us in studio. Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Don. And a belated happy birthday to you, Jocelyn. I know you had number 36, may I say it, uh, just a few days ago. Absolutely. I believe it's 37, but I've lost count. Oh, really? Well, I was trying to help out there. It's between 37 and 21. (laughs) I can't remember. Closer to 21. 21, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, it's good to see you. You look great. Thank you. How do you keep up with all that you're going through these days? I mean, you're always, every time I see you, you're smiling, you're up, you're upbeat, and it's really quite remarkable to see. Well, it's been nice because I've been out of chemo now for a few weeks, so I've been feeling a lot better. I've been getting my energy back. I'm um, not altogether there, um, but then again, I never never really was altogether there. But, you know, it, part of what helps is that just because you have a diagnosis like this, life doesn't stop. Mm. So our kids still need us. My you know, job still needs me. Our parents still mm. need us. So life continues on. And, and the diagnosis is just something that we get to maneuver around now. Mm. Well, let's just backtrack a little bit uh, for folks who aren't familiar with this story. When, when were you diagnosed and when were you diagnosed? And what uh, sort of treatment have you been undergoing? So I was diagnosed in late May. And I've just completed uh, about 21 weeks of chemotherapy. I was on a really intense uh, chemotherapy drug at first that I took every two weeks, and then I took a once a week chemotherapy drug after that. Um, I've been done with that for four weeks now, yeah, something like weeks. that. And um, next up is surgery. I actually have my surgery January 9th. So, wow. Yeah. Imminent. Imminent. John, yes. what has this been like for you? Um, it's been a learning experience, I'll tell you that. And it helps me put things into perspective, good and bad. So Mm -hmm. there, there's times where I, I, I feel a little sad and and pessimistic that I might lose my partner, you know, Mm -hmm. because that is part of the equation. It's a life threatening illness, but then there's, uh, more so there's the optimistic, um, joyful side that, you know, we're living right in the moment and our, our relationship has changed for the better. It was already great, but it really has changed for the better. We, we treat each moment like it's very precious. How about the kids? How are they dealing with it? The kids are, are doing a lot better. You know, we thought our youngest, Miles, was uh, really had his head wrapped around it. And, you know, he was with me uh, at all of our chemotherapy sessions when he wasn't in, in school, of course. Now, how old is Miles? Miles is 14. Mm-hmm. 
But we recently <clears throat> learned actually that um, he was masking a lot of fear and concern and sadness over the diagnosis by being so involved. So that is something that we didn't really discover until um, a series of events happened and we realized that that was actually something mm -hmm. that he was hiding. So it's good that it's out in the open now. Um, but otherwise, they're, you know, it's, it's become kind of the new normal now. Our oldest son couldn't remember whether I ever had eyebrows. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course, you, we have to point out you did lose your hair as a result of the treatment you were undergoing. Yeah, but it's growing back now. It's starting to grow back now. Yeah. I almost have as much as you, Don. No, I was going to say, how do, you, how do you grow hair? <laughs> I'd like uh, any inf information you can give me on how to do that would you be more, more than welcome indeed. How about other life-altering um, events. Yeah, have there been any? I mean, has your life really been dramatically changed aside from the obvious in terms of routine? Are you still teaching? Are you, you know, as What's day-to-day -day life like? Well, I, I took some time off while I was going through chemotherapy because, I, I mean, anybody who works full-time and goes through chemotherapy is the VIP there. Mm. I mean, I I couldn't imagine having to go through that. But um, I'm back in teaching this coming semester. I'll be teaching online, so I still have radiation to go. Um, I'd say that the biggest shift for me has been that my priorities have changed. Mm -hmm. And I'm less fearful now. Uh, and, and what that has done for me is um, I, I didn't think I was holding on to any kind of grudges or any mm -hmm. kind of you know old bad feelings. But all of that came to light. Like, yeah, actually, I do have some unfinished business in these different places in my life. So mm -hmm. I've wanted to um, to take those on and to alleviate those in a way that I wouldn't have had to if I didn't have the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then I also I also have um, my stepfather is currently he's he's diabetic and he's going through some difficult um, issues now. He just lost a leg to to the disease. Oh, wow. And so he and I have gotten really close because he's dealing with an amputation and I'm looking down the barrel of an amputation. So we've gotten mm -hmm. very close that way too and we've gotten to know each other on a new level, which is really kind of neat. John, how about your life? How how has it changed through this? Well, you know, in a lot of ways for the better. Mm -hmm. uh, it, when you're a caretaker for someone that you love so much, you you forget about maybe some of the, or at least I do, I, I forgot about some of the things that I was hanging on to or obsessing about or worrying about things that are undone. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I, my focus has been on Jossie and making her day-to-day -day more comfortable and uh, you know, work, it made me want to work extra hard. So I, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of positives. Now the negatives are, um, you know, I still have to consider, you know, the, the negative side or the, you know, the, the downside of this whole scenario. And, and that's, that's pretty scary stuff. Well, what sort of advice would you have for men who may be going through the same thing? Um, well, there's, there are great resources online. So I spend a lot of my time going to Siteman's site, uh, Washington University site, um, cancer.org, and just, you know, educating myself on what Jossie had, uh, reading stories about people who have had it, caretakers who have been with folks that have had it. Um, my, my advice would be is, you know, have some improv to it, be fluid about it, because it really does change minute to minute. Mm -hmm. Um, looking at looking at Jossie in the eye when she was going through the roughest part of the chemo, and and working hard to make sure my face didn't contort into that oh my god face mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I was really concerned and worried. 
um, it helped me certainly become much more empathetic and conscientious towards Jossie. So I, I trained my face to be that, you know, it, everything's mm -hmm. gonna be okay face. And, and then it started to work on me too. I started to feel like things were gonna be okay. See, this is all new information to me. I didn't know right. that he was putting on a face for me. Yeah. yeah, like I just thought I was tough, man. Oh man, there was, I mean, that this first chemo that she did for the, the every other week was just rough stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen her more sick and uh, I would say feeble almost. I mean, mm -hmm. she was just doubled over and was just wasn't herself at all. Um, there were extended periods of time when she would be sleeping. And, you know, I had a lot of reflection time during that period as well. I. I didn't think things were going to get better, you know, just seeing what this chemo was doing to her. Uh, but sure enough, the second uh, drug that you're on or that you were on that was every week was much more mild, um, still was rough. But like you said, Don, she's optimistic. She wakes up happy, even on chemo. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that did a lot to help me too. Jocelyn, what advice would you have for women who are facing the same kind of situation that you're in? The best advice that I've been given was just to maintain that optimistic demeanor. Mm -hmm. um, attitude is everything. And this is this is something that I, I started to develop kind of a, a, a tribe, my own little tribe of people and, on mm -hmm. Monday mornings and because we would all get together for chemo. And, and in fact, we were just out to lunch and, and I ran into somebody who was a part of my Monday morning mm -hmm. chemo tribe and we, you know, hugged and celebrated. And um, but the the best advice that I was given was just to to maintain that positive spirit, smile when it's hard to smile and during one of our earlier conversations, you brought up my faith and, and how my faith has helped mm -hmm. me through this. And I think the one piece of, um, of uh, Christian teaching that I kept reflecting on was there's, there's a moment where Christ says, look, if you're, if you're fasting, um, wash your face so people don't know that you're fasting. Mm -hmm. If you're sick, you know, powder your cheeks so people don't know, you know. And, and I did a little bit of that. My mother, and of course my mother's New Jersey kind of version of that is, make sure you're always doing your makeup <laughs> and wear the heels even if you don't feel like it, you know? So, so kind of putting myself on that way, just as John was saying, eventually, you know, that the emotion became real. We all have a New Jersey connection, so I, yeah. <laughs> I get exactly, exactly what you're talking about. Well, let's talk about the surgery, if you don't mind. Sure. What, what exactly is going to be involved? So I was a candidate for a lumpectomy, which means my tumor, because of my, my uh, chemotherapy, my tumor shrunk to about a third of its original size. Which is obviously good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, very good. Um, so I was a candidate for, for a lumpectomy in which they could have just gone in, taken out the, the area where the tumor was, and then test it, and then hope that they got it all out. Mm -hmm. um, but... I opted for a bilateral mastectomy, so so a double mastectomy instead. And I made that decision. I went back and forth every day, but I eventually made that decision because I am still in the scheme of things young, and I am looking ahead at potential for recurrence. Um, and, and I know that double mastectomy doesn't take all of the tissue out, so I still have to go through radiation after this. Mm -hmm. um, but they're going to be, they're going to go in and they're going to take out all of the, the material, um, the, the breast tissue, and then they're gonna give me implants. And some people have to do spacers and then get impl implants later. But luckily, my surgeon and my plastic surgeon have agreed that they can go in and they can give me implants mm -hmm. immediately, which is going to go 
over my muscle. Sometimes they put it under the muscle, but this time they're gonna put it over the muscle. Mm. And then they're actually going to take like a cadaver skin and put it over, uh, creepy, right? They're gonna put it over <laughs> the uh, the implant and then eventually cover it with, mm. with you know, my breasts and, and I'm in a position where I can keep most of my, my uh, skin and uh, my breast, uh, breast skin and nipple and that sort of mm. thing, so. Psychologically, how do you feel about that? I thought it was okay, but so much time had gone by between my last chemotherapy and and this this impending surgery coming up next week that I'd almost forgotten for a moment that I, I still have cancer. Hmm. And it wasn't until yesterday, actually, I got a call from the anesthesiologist's office, and they had to go through their questions like, you know, have you fallen lately, or what medications are you on? And then as I was answering those questions, it all of a sudden started to become more and more real mm -hmm. that this is really going to happen. And it is, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, sweet, free boob job, you know, <laughs> who, who gets mad about that? <laughs> but, but on the other hand, it is, it's, it's a part of me that's, mm -hmm. sure. you know, that served me pretty well, I'll say. I landed a pretty good husband. I'll, I'll say that, but uh, you know, and that's and that's going to be gone. And so that that's um, I, I did break down last night because it did remind me that this is still something that we are going to have to be thinking about for the rest of our life. I mean, sure. my implants will only last for a good fifteen, twenty years, and then I'll have to go back for another. Do it again. Yeah, uh, John. How are you taking all of this? That part of it. Um, you know, I. I just want her to be well. Mm -hmm. That that's really the focus, and um, I, I'm not attached like she is to her own body. And so whatever whatever keeps her well, and um, you know, I'm glad that they can do you know the the mastectomy and the implants at the same time, so there doesn't have to be two different surgeries. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's really key. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I mean, just walking into this with zero experience, there's just a lot they don't tell you mm -hmm. about side effects and what to expect down the line. You know, there's some general things they tell you, but there's there's some some stuff that we've learned. Um, let's talk about sex. Can we talk about sex, Don? Part of the, the we'll go into this, part, part of the side effect of chemotherapy is it goes after all of the fast-growing tissues, which means, you know, couples have to... Um, be very careful and then abstain for very long periods of time because of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, 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 and it wasn't a problem, but I can tell that if our relationship wasn't as strong as it was, I could see, you know, that becoming conflict in mm -hmm. a way. So I would say to, you know, the, the supporter, if I could speak to those folks is that, you know, you have to be prepared and, and you really have to work hard on the relationship to make sure that these side effects um, don't get in the way of, of healing, mm -hmm. both, both physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. You're in the right town for this kind of treatment, aren't you? I mean, you're working through Siteman, obviously. Yes. And the reputation at Siteman is... It's fantastic. Uh, is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jocelyn, what, what happens after the surgery? How long will you be in the hospital? And then you have radiation following. The, how, how long is all of that going to take? You know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I get most of the information in my head, and then it kind of gets, like, jumbled. So my understanding of it is I'll be in the hospital for um, 
uh, overnight after my, my mastectomy, but then I should be released provided, you know, everything goes well after that. It's incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. Right? I know. I yeah. know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that I didn't expect. Like, I expected to be able to walk into my first plastic surgeon appointment. I thought she would have, like, a wall full of, like, breasts that I would be able to, like, like play with and, you know, <laughs> decide, you know, which ones I wanted. <laughs> well, that's, that's what John wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been, I that been so that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, they just, they said, okay, based on your body, they actually did this, this cool sort of 3D make like work around in my body. So it was the first time I got to see myself in 3D. It mm. was wild. Um, but so then they, you know, they have the right implant specifically tailored for me. So I guess that's why it's all kind of it kind of clicks together. Um, I think my surgery is going to take about two hours, provided everything goes well. Um, I'll be in in overnight, and then I've got follow ups like mm-hmm. each week um, uh, f- for a week, a couple weeks after that. And then my understanding is that I'll be starting radiation probably six weeks after my surgery. What sort of wear and tear does the radiation do on the body? That's what I've been told to be cautious about. Um, the biggest con- concern right now is how the implants are going to hold up under radiation. And I believe we went with the implants instead of the expanders because the kind of implant that I'm getting is actually holds up better. But the danger is that it is going to scorch my skin. It's going to make my skin a lot less elastic. And because I'm coming off of chemotherapy as well, and my, my white blood cell count is still probably going to be pretty low, I'm susceptible to infection. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that they're going to have to worry about as I move into radiation after this. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be crass about this, but um, how, how is the insurance situation when you're going through a prolonged period like this? And obviously, this is a very expensive mm-hmm. deal. I mean, nothing is inexpensive when it comes to medical treatment anymore. Right. Are, are the insurance companies working with you okay? Is that being taken care of? They seem to be. Um, at this point, I'm. I'm. Uh, I get insurance uh, through United Healthcare through my employment. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been doing well so far. And uh, so every time I would go in for chemo, it would come to maybe after after uh, insurance took care of it, twenty five dollars a session or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then if I added other tests and whatnot, it would it would add on top of that. So each week I would go in and I would see that twenty five dollar or so charge. One day I went in and it was fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> due before you can go back for chemo. And I was like, what? And apparently it was just some sort of a snafu. Something wasn't entered properly. So. I spent that was you know a couple hours out of my day bouncing between the hospital and um, and the insurance company, but that got worked out pretty well. So, touch wood, it's good so far. Yeah, but who needs that kind of aggravation when you've <laughs> right. already got more than most people would ever want to Absolutely. or have to have to handle? Yeah, well, I couldn't imagine not having insurance and having to deal with this. Yep. Oh, uh, and there and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what it might? Might have cost. Oh, I would say you're probably fifty, sixty thousand dollars deep. Easy, right Easy. now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the surgery would be another twenty-five ish. Yeah, and then radiation is also very expensive too. So I mean, all said and done, you're looking at a hundred thousand dollar bill. Yeah, I would think. You know, yeah. well. Well, you know, I don't know what to say beyond saying we just wish you the very best, Jocelyn, on January 9th. But the fact that you're going to be home a day or two later is obviously very encouraging. I'm sure everything with the the two and the support that you have for each other is certainly going to play a big part in all of this. 
We're looking forward to seeing you again when that part of it is over and find out how it all went. You look great. Oh, thanks, I, I hope that means well, something to you. Well, how about me? I, I'm looking <laughs> No, John, you look like John. You look like John. Anyway, I, we wish you all the very best, and thank you for being with us and sharing this. I, I hope it's helpful to people who are listening. I suspect, uh, I suspect it is. I hope so. Thank you so much, John. John thank you. Thank you. Great John. to see you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.